keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God on this Tuesday, January the 10th, 2022. Or no. It's actually 23. Let that have you How many times have you done that already? Classic. Like have you have you written 22 even though it's 23? Like I used to do that all the time. Remember in school you you keep writing 20 like the year before. And nobody writes checks anymore, so. Yeah. So, I labeled our files wrong yesterday. Hard to believe. It's 2023, but nonetheless it is. Hey, Catholic Church is under attack. You know, in the first 9 months of 2022 alone, it doubled the number of church attacks from 2018. So things were definitely spiking in 2022. We've invited Joshua Mercer from Catholic Vote to be back on the program, who is tracking all of that information against uh, attacks against churches, pregnancy cl- uh, clinics, and more. All of that is going to be coming up at 35 past the hour. Do join us if you can. Uh, George Newmeyer is going to be on the program at 15 past the hour. He is in the Ivory Coast right now. You might know him from the American Spectator. Well, he's got an article out from Sunday uh, talking about the decline of the Catholic Church in Africa. You know, Africa is one of the bright spots for the church. Con- uh, conversions, vocations, and more. And yet still, still it's declining. Protestantism and Islam on the on the upswing and Catholicism on the down. He joins us at 15 past the hour to talk about that. Lots of stories in the news, of course. San Francisco Standard reported that there have been a slew of LGBTQ doctors on Twitter pushing the masking, COVID lockdowns, the shots, and so much more. Turns out, though, according to the San Francisco Standard of all people, they're all fake accounts. They're all faked completely to uh, to push an agenda. Interesting, huh? Speaking of Twitter, recently released emails suggest Pfizer board member Scott Gottlieb, Gottlieb secretly pressed the uh, Twitter company to suppress that uh, they're making a ton of cash right now. Huge profits for, for Pfizer. They don't want anybody to know that. According to a report, Chicago Public Schools Office, uh, their inspector general office, they rep- uh, came out and said in 2021-2022 school year, 772 investigations into teachers for allegedly sexually assaulting, grooming, or worse in uh, in their Chicago school system. It's kind of a bad deal. But do you ever hear about that? No, but you do hear about the Catholic ones, don't you? Hey, a man claiming to be an Iranian, he faces terrorism charges. Apparently he uh, ran his car through a gated uh, electric you know, a solar facility and then set it on fire in Las Vegas. Did you even hear this story? This wasn't even, this was like weeks ago or a couple weeks ago. Yeah, kind of a big deal. There was several attacks just in the Christmas season alone on our power system, most of which you've not heard. Hey, here's some good news, though, for you. Um, uh, the House of Representatives voted to cut $70 billion in funding to the IRS last night. Woo! I mean, that deserves a little bit of... I mean, do we have to pay our taxes this year? Wow. Praise be to God. I think we should say you guys don't actually get paid until you've cut funding from other areas of the department of the government. And then you can take your salary. (laughs) That would motivate them, wouldn't it? Good morning, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. And when you were saying 
the the solar grid in Las Vegas. Are you yeah. talking about the massive mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the massive operation Ooh. at the foothill of the mountain so, that just had all the mirrors? Apparent, Did you drive into that? Yeah, apparently. Wow. Apparently that facility basically supplies power to MGM properties. I kind of want to drive my car into that property sometimes, <laughs> yeah. like a moth to the flame, because yeah. I always see that little glint off in there. Yeah, he drove yeah. his car through the gate, set it on fire, spread gasoline on things, oh. and then set it on fire, well, I wouldn't and then sat back and watched it all burn. Hmm. Yeah, but nobody, no, no national news covered the story. He's a traditionalist. He believes in coal power. I mean, there was the guys in the Northwest who shot up some electrical facilities over Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there were several other stories, actually, of attacks on the electrical grid. In 2022, apparently, there were hundreds of attacks yeah. on our electrical grid, physical attacks, most of which you've never even heard of. <laughs> Interesting. Speaking of never heard of, Adrian Fonseca's here on the ones and twos. Howdy, howdy. howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. You've never heard of it, right? I've never heard of it. See? Not, not once. <laughs> told you. Never did. You know, if I was <laughs> I in California, I would just light the forest on fire and then use that Ouch. to keep warm during Ouch. the winter season. Yikes. Yikes. Save the but redwoods. you know what? what? It is a good day to be alive because is we it? are in the octave of the epiphany. Mm-hmm. So it's it's still epiphany what? day. Whatever it is. Yeah. Where's your green, bro? It's, okay. it's ordinary okay. time. Okay. It's only if you are, are <laughs> going all the way back to 1955. Uh, so very, uh, like, there's like seven mm-hmm. people that, mm-hmm. that look at that calendar. Mm-hmm. Um, but if See, you're one of those seven people, yeah. it's still the epiphany. I'm kind of in the pre-Nicaea council camp. Wow. So. Yikes. Hmm. Yeah. Weird. Weird. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. All right, let's pray. We got a lot to get to today. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Today is Tuesday, January 10th, and here are your headlines this morning. From the Daily Wire, the headline goes, DOJ and the FBI probing classified documents from Biden's vice presidency that were found at a Biden think tank, a report says. Attorney General Merrick Garland has reportedly assigned the U.S. attorney in Chicago to review classified material from the president's Uh, time as a vice president that were discovered at a Biden think tank. The files were discovered by Biden's personal attorneys when they were packing files housed in a locked closet to prepare to vacate office space at the Penn Biden Center in Washington, D.C. Breitbart reports Jair Bolsonaro hospitalized in Florida with severe abdominal pain. Bolsonaro was in has endured rather uh, years of painful health complications since a failed assassination attempt in 2018. During a campaign rally that was uh, a year prior to the presidential election, a socialist later identified as Adelio Bispo de Oliveira stabbed Bolsonaro in the stomach on camera. The stabbing caused substantial damage to Bolsonaro's digestive system, requiring semi-regular hospitalization. The hospitalization happened around the same time that his supporters, some who believed that the recent presidential election was invalid, uh, stormed government buildings in Brasilia. New York Post reports more than 7,000 New York City nurses go on strike as contract talks break down. More than 7,000 nurses walked off the job at two major city hospitals on Monday after contract talks broke down overnight, threatening potential chaos at crucial Big Apple facilities. 
The massive staffing blow at Mount Sinai Hospital's main campus in Manhattan and three locations on uh, of uh, Montefiore a medical center in the Bronx were set to force the, the hospitals to divert ambulances and several patients, including women who were about to give birth to other facilities, officials said. And the Epic Times reports a federal agency may ban gas stoves across the U.S. over health hazards. The U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission will have public comments about gas stoves in the winter of 2023 and could set standards on emissions, even possibly banning them. CPSC head Richard Trumka Jr. said, Natural gas stoves are estimated to be used in roughly 40% of all U.S. homes. He says, quote, This is a hidden hazard. He said in an interview, Any option is on the table. Products that can't be made safe can be banned, he said. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is Blessed Zdislava Matron O.P., they don't know the year of her birth, but she was born in the Diocese of Litomertia in Bavaria. Born of a warrior race to noble parents, Zdislavas lived in a fortified castle on the borders of Christendom, in an age where the fierce Mongol hordes were the world's worst menace. Zdislava learned Christian charity early in life from her mother, who taught her not only the secrets of preparing medicine, medicinal herbs, but also the healing balm of prayer. As a child, she is said to have fled from her home for a time to live as a hermit, but she returned to live a more normal life that included an early marriage to a soldier. The Duke of Limburg, who, like her own father, was a rich nobleman in command of a castle on the frontier. The couple produced four children. Zdislava cared judiciously for her own family and lavished great care on the poor, especially the fugitives and the victims of the Tartar invasions. Being of a of a retiring disposition and much given to prayer, and moreover having a family and a large castle to care for, she found this a real sacrifice. However, obedience and patience has had been an important part of her training, and she taught herself to spiritualize the endless trials that would beset the mother of four children in a medieval fortress. She encouraged her husband to build a hostel for the many poor pilgrims who came homeless to the gate. She visited the prisoners in their frightful dungeons. She used her influence to obtain pardons from the severe sentences meted out to them. She fed and cared for the poor, taught catechism to the children of the servants, and showed all the sweetness of, by the sweetness of her life. Just what it meant to be a Christian lady in a Dominican tertiary. On the occasion of the Mongol attack, when homeless refugees poured into the castle stronghold, her calm, invincible charity was a bulwark of strength to all. She experienced visions and ecstasies while she secretly built a chapel with her own hands. She also received Holy Communion nearly every day in an age where that was not customary. Her death came soon after the completion of the church. The mourning people who knelt by her deathbed could see evidence of her strong Christian virtues in the monuments she had left, her children, her church, and the inspiration of a saintly wife and mother. She consoled her husband in life and appeared to him in glory after death, which strongly encouraged his desire for conversion. She died in 1252 and was beatified in 1907 by Pope Pius X. Blessed Zdislava Matron, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Mark chapter 1, verses 21 through 28. Jesus came to Capernaum with his followers, and on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and taught. 
The people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. In their synagogue was a man with an unclean spirit. He cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Jesus rebuked him and said, Quiet, come out of him. The unclean spirit convulsed him and with a loud cry came out of him. All were amazed and asked one another, What is this, a new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. His fame spread everywhere throughout the whole region of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The applicant would say, again, Christ taught them by rebuke, not by flattery, as did the Pharisees. Wherefore, it says, and they were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one having power and not as the scribes. He taught them also in power, transforming men to good, and he threatened punishment to those who did not believe on him. Close quote. The applicant. Augustine would say, moreover, how great is the power which the lowliness of God, appearing in the form of a servant, has over the pride of devils. The devils themselves know so well that they express it to the same Lord clothed in the weakness of flesh. For there follows, and he cried out, saying, What have we to do with thee, Jesus of Nazareth? For it is evident in these words that there was in them knowledge, but there was not charity. And the reason was that they feared their punishment from him and loved not the righteousness in him. Close quote, St. Augustine. Uh, Father McKeevely would say, without any prayers to God, any rights whatsoever, by his sole word of command, he drives him out, unlike exorcists among the Jews. Close quote, Father McKeevely. The O'Flynn Catholic Commentary on Holy Scripture said this, the authority of Christ was evident not merely in the manner of his teaching, but in the fact that the demons obeyed his command. After sunset, when the Sabbath had ended, the sick and those possessed by demons were brought to Christ. According to the teaching of the scribes, even the carrying of the sick was a violation of the law of Sabbath. The demons knew now that Jesus was the Messiah. But they were forbidden to proclaim this fact. The chief reason for this injunction of silence is to be found in the prevalent misconceptions of the nature of the Messianic kingdom and the role of the Messiah. You see, they wanted an earthly king, a guy to give them bread for sure, but a guy to cast out the Romans, to lift up the Jewish people once again. But that's not what the Lord came to do, is it? Hey, we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. George Neumeier is coming up next. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. Are you worried about the war on Christmas? Don't be. G.K. Chesterton says Christmas is the irresistible festival for those who are afraid to be festive. It is the spectacular festival when almost everyone lives and acts poetry instead of just a few people writing it. It is the ancient festival, a trinity of eating, drinking, praying, that to modern seems irreverent because the holy day really is a holiday. No matter what happens, says Chesterton, the great majority will go on observing Christmas Day with Christmas gifts and Christmas benedictions 
and they will continue to do it. And suddenly, someday they'll wake up and discover why. Want more than a minute? Visit us at chesterton.org. Open wide your door to the one who comes. Open your soul. Throw open the depths of your heart to see the riches of simplicity, the treasures of peace, the sweetness of grace. Open your heart and run to meet the sun of eternal light that illuminates all men. St. Ambrose of Milan. As we enter this Christmas season, let us pray that we open our hearts to receive the gift of peace, love, and hope. This is Manny Ortiz, Production Manager of the Guadalupe Radio Network, wishing you a Merry Christmas and a Blessed New Year. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. Coming up at 35 past the hour, Joshua Mercer is going to join us from Catholic Vote, catholicvote.org. Just in the last, uh, I guess, the first nine months of 2022, it churches attacked pro-life centers, attacked vandalism, and much, much more. It's been more than double of all of 2018. So definitely things are spiking, peaking. And uh, Joshua Mercer is going to give us the latest information on that at 35 past the hour. So do join us if you can. There are lots of stories in the news that are of great concern to me, and I'm sure they are to you as well. And uh, George Newmeyer is supposed to be jumping on with us. He's in the Ivory Coast. And as soon as he does, I'm going to go to him. A uh, very fascinating article he put out at the American Spectator over the weekend about the decline of the Catholic Church in the Ivory Coast, which is should be very concerning since Africa, South America are the bright spots in the Catholic Church in the world today. So if they're not so shiny anymore, what does that mean for the rest of the church? George Newmar should join us at any moment. But I did see an article that was getting a lot of buzz in the Catholic talk, uh, talk blogger sphere, so to speak, on Twitter, YouTube, places like that. The Telegraph out of the UK reports, quote, Pope Francis could be ousted in secret plan by Vatican hardliners. What? What? Did you even hear this story? Yeah, let me read that to you again. Pope Francis could be ousted in secret plan by Vatican hardliners. Really? Hmm. Let me just read a little to you. Vatican conservatives are waging a secret plan to out or to put Pope Francis under such stress that he resigns. It has been claimed. The campaign against the Argentinian pontiff began just days after the death of predecessor Benedict XVI. Despite previously stating he will resign if his health deteriorates, it was thought highly unlikely that Francis would decide to step down while Benedict was still alive to avoid there being three popes living in the Vatican. Praise be to God. A situation without precedent that would have embarrassed the Catholic Church. I agree, totally. But the article goes on to talk about uh, apparently there is a, a cardinal sort of releasing this information that uh, there's this secret plan. Now, let me say this. I don't bite into all this. Do I think conservative cardinals talk? Yes, I do. Do I think that they wish they, they could they could have more control over who gets to decide things? A hundred percent. Do I buy the story that leaked to the rest of the world that the, that the secret plan has been outed? No, I don't. But uh, we're going to follow it very carefully, and we'll update you when we have more. Joining us right now is George Newmeyer from the American Spectator. Spectator. Uh, good morning, uh, good to, morning you, George. to you, George. Uh, good morning. I hope you can hear me. I'm uh, yeah. I'm in here in Africa. I'm here in Abidjan, uh, Cote d'Ivoire. I hope you can hear me. I I just dialed in. So 
Uh, I'm here in a, a, a at a actually a, a country club or a golf club. I uh, was just visiting a golf club in downtown Amajad. And uh, so I hope you can hear me. We can can. hear you. We're getting a little bit of feedback from you right now, but maybe you could just jump into your article, Islam and Protestantism Grow on Ivory Coast While Catholic Church Fades. Africa is supposed to be a bright spot in the Catholic Church. It's supposed to be where uh, vocations are booming and and people are converting. What is going on there with the Catholic Church? Well, that may be true in other parts of Africa. It's certainly not true in Cote d'Ivoire. Uh, the Ivory Coast of, of Africa, which is a country, you know, it's on the Atlantic Ocean on the west, Western Africa side, it's facing south. It's um, it's to the south of Burkina Faso. It's to the, it's to the east of Liberia. Uh, Ghana is to the east of uh, Cote d'Ivoire. So it's a little, it's a country of I think maybe 23 million people. Abidjan is the administrative. And um, and business sort of capital of the of the country, and about five million people or so live. It's a sprawling city, but and of course it was under the control of the French from uh, like 1895 to 1960, and during that period Catholicism flourished. Uh, in fact, Catholicism, I think, during that period was the dominant religion in Cote d'Ivoire. That's no longer the case. The dominant religion in Cote d'Ivoire today is Islam. Islam represents at least 40% of that of the population, and that of, of that 40%, a good percentage of those people practice Islam very devoutly, whereas the Catholics, which represent now only 17% of the population, only a very uh, small number of those folks practice Catholicism seriously. And I've seen here, you know, in my time here, I have seen that really the Catholicism that was spread by the French has really withered during the post-Vatican II period. And now um, Catholicism is actually trailing both Islam and Protestant Protestantism. There are more Protestants in Cote d'Ivoire today than there are Catholics. And um, and the uh, I would say the reason for this really largely is probably the, the liberalism of Vatican II, which really killed off missionary activity. Uh, the French, you know, were very committed to missionary activity when they ran Cote d'Ivoire. And they were spreading the faith uh, through missionaries. But after Vatican II, uh, which, you know, Vatican II basically said that Catholicism was optional, not essential. And if Catholicism is optional, then you really don't need missionary activity. And so missionary activity declined considerably. And as a consequence of that, a lot of the folks in Cote d'Ivoire who had, had been Catholic, they either fell away from the faith or they converted to uh, evangelicalism. I've met a number of uh, evangelicals who are former Catholics, and they were turned off by by the unspiritual side of Catholicism, which which uh, manifested itself after Vatican II. The Church, the Catholic Church in Cote d'Ivoire, became less interested in spirituality and more interested in money and power and temporal politics, and that alienated a lot of people and drove a lot of people in Cote d'Ivoire into the arms of the evangelicals, and it may also have even uh, turned a few people over to Islam. Wow. And Islam, you know, one of the reasons why Islam is so strong and is a resurgence in Cote um, d'Ivoire is that its roots are very, very deep. The, the roots of Islam go back to the 8th century. Islam was popular in West Africa during the 18th, 8th century. So, so Islam really is kind of the historical religion of this region. And when the, when the French left after 1960 and French missionaries left and 
And um, the church fell into the hands of a lot of post-Vatican II uh, politicized figures who really weren't interested in spreading the faith. The consequence of that was a lot of people fell away <laughs> from the faith, and a lot of people were simply not converted to the faith. And as I pointed out in my article, the irony here is that the two largest Catholic churches actually in Africa, on the continent of Africa, the two largest Catholic churches on the continent of Africa are both in Cote d'Ivoire, uh, uh, on the Ivory Coast here. One is in downtown Abinjad, which is St. Paul's Cathedral, which houses, which can hold about 5,000 people. And then the other one is in the political capital of Cote d'Ivoire, um, Yasamuka, and that is called uh, Notre Dame or the Basilica Notre Dame de Paz, Our Lady of Peace Basilica. And that um, church is modeled after St. Peter's Basilica, and it's even bigger than St. Peter's Basilica. It's a huge church. The interior of it can hold 18,000 people. The entire grounds of the church can hold 200,000 people. But when I went out there to look at it four days ago, five days ago, I got there and it was like it was like a ghost town. There was nobody there. And it actually was the Feast of the Epiphany. Wow. And I thought, you know, it's the Feast of the Epiphany. Surely there's there are going to be some Catholics inside the church praying, at least. I got there. There was nobody there. So it's this massive church. And it's absolutely empty. And so it raises the question, you know, how is it that Cotevar could have the two largest Catholic churches on the continent of Africa, and yet Catholicism in this country is just dying on the vine? George, uh, George uh, I think we're okay. Uh, yeah, so from a strategic point of view, the northern part of Africa is always kind of been leaning towards Islam. And you're saying the French came in and they were evangelizing. They built these wonderful churches. Once they left, uh, were there any, you know, uh, people from Africa who who went into the priesthood and are are still able to give the sacraments to these people, or are are you saying that uh, because of the the lack of uh, vocations there, that that the, uh, the the population that's Catholic is now turning to different religions? Well, the, you know, you, I do. I've gone around the country and I've seen these parishes, Catholic parishes, and they're all empty. They're all they all look like ghost towns. And mm -hmm. the priests, uh, to the extent that priests exist in Cotabar, they keep a very low profile. In fact, I went over to the rectory at the St. Paul's Cathedral looking for the cardinal. And I thought, you know, the cardinal, surely the cardinal, his, his name is Cutwa, Cardinal Cutwa. He must be living at the cathedral, you know, because he's responsible for this massive cathedral. And I said, where is Father, where is Cardinal Kawa? And the security guard said, he doesn't live here. Wow. He lives somewhere else. And that's, it's never a good sign when the person responsible for a parish or a church doesn't live at that church. So he doesn't live there. And then I went to the Grand Bassam Cathedral, and I asked for the bishop responsible for that cathedral. And they told me he was on vacation. You know, this is during the holy season of Christmas and and he, they told me he's on vacation, and like, where where is this guy? He's the bishop of the area, and he's on vacation. So I got a, I get the sense that um, the church in Cotovar is not very is is unwell, and that uh, it's a church that is not really interested in 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 Catholicism. It's really just interested in money, power. It's a, apparently, I guess, they you know, as as this one Muslim put it to me, uh, the Catholic hierarchy is interested in money, power, and sex. It's not interested in religion. And I think that the reason why Islam is doing well and appeals to people here is that Islam, for all of its problems, does focus on God and religion and doesn't really focus on politics. The church, on the other hand, under Pope Francis, 
is completely focused on politics and is really not interested in spirituality and transcendent religious things. And as a consequence of that, the religiously inclined people in this country are not attracted to Catholicism. They are instead attracted to evangelicalism Mm -hmm. and other Protestant groups, which are very fervent. I've been to, I went to an evangelical session or a service on Sunday and these people, and the service lasted for hours and hours and hours. And the people there truly believe in Jesus Christ. They truly believe that Jesus Christ is God from God, light from light, true God from true God. And you can tell that in the enthusiasm of their singing and the enthusiasm of their praying and the enthusiasm of the the reading of the Bible. But when you go to the Catholic mass, as I did at St. Paul's Cathedral, the the can, the quality of the mass is very lackluster, and you can't tell if people, the, the minister or the priest, actually believes what he's saying. I have absolute confidence that the evangelical minister I saw on Sunday, he believes in Jesus Christ. I have no doubt about that. In fact, this minister saw me at the service, and I, I wasn't there, you know, as a Catholic. I was there as a journalist, and he, but he said to me, he said to me, uh, please come up and say something. And I said, well, what do you want me to say? <laughs> and he said, you can say whatever you want. And as it so happened, the evangelical <clears throat> service was being, held, was being held in the shadow of a towering mosque. And I said to the, you know, I, I decided that the remark I wanted to make was, I said, you know, your country is getting becoming more and more Islamic. And I know that a lot of these folks are, are you know, they're solid citizens, you know, they're not, you know, as far as I can tell, radical Islam is really mm. not that prominent in Kodavar. You do see uh. some women in burqas, and that's a little bit concerning. But for the most part, the Muslims tend to be, you know, they wear colorful attire. The women wear colorful dresses. They're pretty well-mannered. The men wear kind of pajama-like attire. They don't seem very militaristic or frightening, a lot of them. We are out of time, George. Thank you for being on with us today, George. We are out of time, but we appreciate you checking in from Africa. We're going to be praying for a reversal of that horrible outlook. Go to spectator.org for more. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. G.K. Chesterton says that it is in the old Christmas carols that date from the Middle Ages that we find not only what makes Christmas poetic and soothing and stately, but what makes it exciting. The exciting quality of Christmas rests upon a great paradox that the power and center of the whole universe may be found in something very small, a baby in a manger. And it's extraordinary to notice how completely this paradox of the manger was lost by the brilliant theologian kept in the Christmas carols. The songs recall the main point of the story, that God once ruled the universe from a stable and that the hands that made the stars were too small to reach the huge heads of the cattle. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. Upon his shoulder dominion rests. They name him Wonder Counselor, God Hero, Father Forever, Prince of Peace. The prophet Isaiah chapter 9 verse 5 This is Marty Matulia, the general manager of the Guadalupe Radio Network in Alabama, wishing you and your family a wonderful Christmas and a new year filled with immense blessings from our Lord Jesus Christ, who comes to save us. Come, let us adore him. 
Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Now here's a couple more stories for you. Here's an interesting one from Catholic News Agency. Excavation site of Pool of Siloam where Jesus cured a blind man to open to public. The pool is the site of one of the most famous miracles performed by our blessed Lord Jesus. After he smeared the eyes of the blind man with mud and saliva, he sent him to wash in the pool of Siloam, where the man recovered his sight. That's from uh, John chapter 9, 1 through 7 verses. In 1980, archaeologists found the first indications of the location of the celebrated biblical site located outside the walls of the old city of Jerusalem. However, they had to wait until 2005 to officially confirm their rediscovery. According to estimates, the Pool of Siloam went through multiple stages of development. At the height of its glory, it was approximately the size of five dunams, which is 1.25 acres, and inlaid with impressive flagstones, the, the spokesperson for the project explained. Excavations also revealed that the pool was about 225 feet wide and that there were steps on at least three sides of the pool. After many years of anticipation, we will soon merit being able to uncover this important site and make it accessible to the millions of visitors coming to Jerusalem each year, the mayor of Jerusalem said. And Catholic Vote Loop reports, Bill, de uh, Bill demands Department of Justice action on violence. The House is slated to vote tomorrow on the Protect Pregnancy Care Centers Act, a bill that would require an inspector general to report on domestic violence extremism against pregnancy centers. The bill should receive unanimous support in Congress, no questions asked, said Catholic Vote's uh, President Brian Birch. Catholic Vote has created a portal where citizens can easily contact their representatives and urge them to vote yes on the bill. And I'm sure we're going to talk a little bit more about that in just a few minutes. But those were your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. Apparently, according to a Daily Signal article I read today, uh, church attacks are up nearly triple in the last four years. CatholicVote.org has been tracking church attacks plus pregnancy uh, center attacks in 2022. And the numbers are pretty staggering. Good morning to you, Joshua Mercer. Hey, glad to be with you. Thank you, have, thank you for having me on the program. Yeah, praise be to God. Uh, Merry Christmas to you and Happy New Year as well. Hopefully, uh, so far, everything is going really well for you in 2023. Can you, I just, I have to wrap my head around the fact that we're still, we're already saying 2023. It feels like things are moving very fast. It is, it is moving fast, but um, as much as I love Christmas, um, I was sick all Christmas, so Bummer. Uh, I'm happy that the new year has brought health again. <laughs> so. Amen to that. Praise be to God. No, it is when you have a lot of kids sometimes. So, but let's talk about church yeah, no. attacks, attacks on churches, vandalism, uh, fires in some cases, uh, a tremendous amount of destruction of property. Uh, why was 2022? Is it just Roe v. Wade that was the biggest cause? Well, you know, we've been tracking it for, you know, um, and we've noticed that there's a lot of attacks actually even in 2020 and in 2021. Um, but it is true that the uptick, uh, we saw a big increase in that violence against churches and against pregnancy research centers in, uh, you know, right after um, the uh, the leaked opinion about Dobbs, which eventually became what, what the Dobbs opinion was, overturning Roe v. Wade. And you saw, you know, Jane's Revenge, which is, you know, should be recognized as a, a domestic terroristic group. We're not safe. You're not safe. And that's and they spray painted that on sides of churches, on sides of pregnancy research centers. And 
it's just amazing that they'd say, I mean, all the words that they would use. I mean, of course, because as we know, a child is not safe in any abortion facility. Um, and so abortion is the opposite of being safe. And yet, you know, they, they want to be safe to have their abortions. And since they're not safe to have their abortions, uh, they're going to try to make a menace and, and, and cause, you know, we've seen statues attacked. We've seen churches set on fire and pregnancy research centers attacked. And, you know, the thing is, we keep trying to bring this point up is that, you know, crisis pregnancy, that's the old term. I got to keep remembering to say pregnancy research centers. (laughs) Pregnancy research centers are, I mean, you know this, Joe, I mean, they are, they work so hard to raise money for diapers and for uh, baby formula and clothes. I mean, they're scrapping together. They're not making you know, a whole whole bale of cash, right? Right. And so the last thing that they would hope that they, the last thing that they would want to spend money on is, you know, security, you know, increasing, you know, getting cameras and having someone that kind of watch over the place every once in a while, you know, all that kind of stuff, security system, but that's all expensive. That's all money that goes mm-hmm. out of the care that they want to be able to provide to people. And so, yeah, no, we saw a definite uptick in violence in this, um, last May after the leaked opinion, and then it didn't stop really, you yeah. know, obviously with the Dobbs decision in, in June 24. So, you know, we've been tracking these and, um, you know, it was a year ago, uh, just about when, because uh, we sent the letter to the Justice Department about the attacks on churches. That was, in, we sent the letter last December, a year ago. So December, uh, 2021. And the Justice Department, you know, they finally responded like in late January. So uh, you tell me, Joe, do you think they've done a lot? In, well, that was going to be my follow-up question. Is it seems to me that there's been a lopsided uh, approach to justice in these circumstances. We saw in 2022 the FBI raids of pro-lifers, Mark Houck being um, among the that crew. Um, but we haven't seen right. is Jane's revenge being hauled off to jail on television are you know there the right. uh, the leaked uh, body cam footage of them being arrested we haven't seen that at all so there does seem to be a lot of lopsided justice i mean tangentially related donald trump got raided in 2022 for classified documents at mar-a-lago turns out today biden has classified documents at his old uh, think tank at P- pennsylvania's university uh, but no, no FBI raid in that case. So uh, how do we sit here and look back and say all these churches, all these pregnancy resource centers attacked? Nobody's answering for these crimes. So here's the thing. I mean, when you have, you know, the last two years we had Democrats that controlled not just the White House, obviously, but the uh, the House, and it was basically a divided sentiment. They technically had, you know, the uh, the lead there too. But even with all of that, right, the, the Republicans were able to hold strong. And, and, and when you have government like this, you usually, if you focus on one narrow thing, you have the ability to make some change there. And so last year, that I thought was a horrible budget for us that was smushed through at the last second, right? But they, the Republicans were able to say, look, we want to make sure that the COVID uh, requirement mandate is gone for service members so that someone wants to join the military, they're not going to have to do this anymore. It didn't help the people that were kicked out. Okay. You only can get so much. That's what happens with divided government kind of stuff. Or when the the other party has the white house, 
And so what we're hoping is in this new year that Republicans can try to be narrowly focused on something very influential. Now, this piece of legislation should be passed, as you said, it should be unanimous, okay? Here's a resolution. It, does, it focuses simply on the pregnancy research centers, and it gives actually some teeth to it. It basically it requires the inspector general to do a report tracking all this information. So it's not just a simple resolution. Sometimes Congress does these like simple resolutions, like, well, it's the sense of the Congress that this is a very bad thing. And I'm not downplaying that. Like, sometimes you just, you got to go small. But this one actually puts some teeth to it. It actually, because every federal agency has an inspector general. And it's sort of like, if, if you watch these shows, it's like the internal affairs, right? Kind of, you know? And so they kind of look over the agency, make sure things are done right. So this legislation would tell the inspector general, we want to report on all these things that are going on here. And and then if he were able to get this passed, which it will probably pass the House uh, tomorrow. So I'm, we're trying to rally people, though, anyway, because you know what? It, is it going to pass on a party line vote or can we get everyone? Like some people tell us, you know, yeah, I love what you're doing, but I live in a Democratic district. You know what? Call them anyway. You know, pressure them. Sometimes sometimes a political party says, gosh, you know what? This is just too hot. We're not going to touch this. We'll just pass it and rather than, you know, oppose it. And sometimes it can happen like that. But if there's enough public pressure, uh, you know, what, what might happen is that this might get attached to some, you know, all important must pass appropriation bill in the Senate. Maybe Senate Democrats will roll their eyes and go, oh, this is dumb, but fine, whatever. Whatever it takes, you know, I mean, sometimes that's the way it works in Washington. Right. And so I want to try to urge, you know, your listeners to go to CatholicVote.org, read up on this story. Uh, thank you for mentioning it earlier uh, and call your congressman. We have a tool on our website, as you mentioned, where people can call their member of Congress and let them know, say, hey, vote for this. Like, who's against violence? I mean, there's, you know, there's a poll that was done on this. I mean, it should have been 100 percent, right? Are you, do you oppose violence on pregnancy research centers? It was like 82 percent. I'm like, who are the 18 percent? It's like, you know, come on. It's who are like they? so obvious. Who's against violence? Jeez, I would hope everyone. Hello. Yeah, exactly. But that's such a good point, Mr. Mercer. You know, uh, you know, even even for myself, sometimes I see things like that and uh, I get so blackpilled about it and I think, oh, you know, what, what, what good is it going to do? But we really have nothing to lose, right? I mean, how... Uh, you know, how much time is it going to take for you to go to CatholicVote.org and take a look at it and actually, you know, send something to your representative? That's such an important point. No, I think so. I mean, you know, like, you know, there's going to be a lot of bills that are going to be passed, you know, in, in this first month as Republicans take over the House, you know, and uh, some of those bills have no real chance at all. But like, here's something that's a good opportunity for us to make noise about, um, you know, and, and here's something that we could say, you know, look, this is not going to become a new normal. We're not going to just sort of accept these attacks on our pregnancy research centers. You know, I, we call this a war on diapers. Amen. You're really opposed to people giving away free diapers. Right. I mean, it's exactly. Absolutely unconscionable. Hold and that again, thought. Hold that thought right there, Joshua Mercer's. We're at a network break. We're going to be right back. More from CatholicVote.org and Joshua Mercer is coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Catholic Drive Time. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Richard Lena, Vice President of the Guadalupe Radio Network. During this cherished time of the year, know that you, your family, and all your loved ones remain in our prayers. We pray that the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus, the Christ child, 
Bring joy to your hearts and homes throughout the entire Christmas season and beyond. Merry Christmas from our family to yours. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. G.K. Chesterton says that it's become a bad habit in our society to celebrate Christmas before it comes. We've forgotten the glory of anticipation. The presents should not be opened until Christmas. That, of course, is part of the excitement. And while we know the gifts are coming, Chesterton reminds us that the best kind of gift is the surprise gift. And if we have the right perspective, we should look at everything as a gift and every gift as a surprise gift. We are happy to wake up on Christmas morning and find gifts in our stockings, but the best gift we could ever find in our stockings is our own two legs. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, chesterton.org. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Joshua Mercer is our guest, catholicvote.org. We're, t- we're talking about a number of things. Attacks against the Catholic Church and pregnancy resource centers in 2022. Um, legislation is where we left off at the last segment there, Joshua. Welcome back. And let me ask you about that, yeah. because we just saw, you know, apparently 15 times the charm to get a House speaker elected. <laughs> uh, historic. Histor- first time ever in the history of our country to take 15 votes I well, mean, it was like first time in over a hundred years. Yeah, fifteen I mean, votes. It, I don't think it's ever happened before. Fifteen. Oh votes. no, 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 Joe, no, no, no. Eighteen fifty-seven or something like that. It went one hundred and thirty-three ballots. No, so, one hundred and thirty-three. Yes. Uh, oh yes. It's oh months. man. It's oh yeah. So oh. It's, that was a lead up to the Civil War. So make uh, Congress <laughs> great again. What is your take? Is that the time when he pulled out the poker and they attacked each other <laughs> on the on the floor? This is like no, but like, that, it might have come to blows, you know. I mean, it's kind of funny, though, because, like, after a while, you know, some of the, you know, you had, like, some of the congressmen, like, get up there and say, I want to vote for Donald John Trump. And then he had another one yeah. who, who said there's a good, good conservative from uh, Indiana named Jim Banks. And someone said his name, you know. And so my friend uh, who works here at Catholic Vote, Tom McCluskey, came up to him afterwards and said, hey, you know, I was, I, I, you know, this <laughs> – he says, I was running for Speaker of the House, too, Mr. Congressman, but uh, I, I guess you only got one more vote than me. You know? Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's rough. No, but it, it's, it, it, it's, it hasn't, you're right, though, it's, it's, it hasn't, it's been over, it was over 100 years where, you know, it kind of, you know, got this many rounds. Now, and, a, uh, a lot of people, especially on the left, uh, you know, let's just say middle ground to left really did not like this. They did not like the idea that you would question the process and you wouldn't just give your rubber stamp and move on. And then a lot of people on the oh, conservative that's what they said. A lot of people on the conservative right were like, no, this is necessary. We're fighting for the soul of of the GOP and and trying to get stuff done. So what is your take? Was this a useful exercise of of taxpayer dollars, or are we going to see just more of the same? Uh, I think it was a wonderful thing. I mean, first of all, you know, wasn't it President Biden who said that democracy was on the ballot? Mm-hmm. And so what did we experience, you know, for these 15 rounds? It was democracy in action, you know? Amen. And people were, you know, hashing it out. And they were saying, no, let's, we're just not going to roll over. 
I think the biggest thing that impressed upon them was that, as I mentioned before, that budget that got smushed through back in late December. It was just like this horrible bill. And it's like, we can't do this anymore because with these, with these, you know, you get like 20 congressmen in a, in a, in a it's not smoke filled room anymore, but it might <laughs> as well be. And they craft together this like trillion dollar budget. And then they bring it to the House floor and they say, hey, guess what? We're not going to give you that much time to read it. And you basically got to vote yes or no. Yeah. And guess what? You have no chance to amend this bill. You can't say, well, wait a minute now. Let's take this piece out. Let's vote on that. Nope. Take it or leave it. And so this new House uh, majority, uh, some of those guys are saying, we can't do this anymore. We got to change these rules. We got to give ourselves like 72 hours to look at a bill. It's like a thousand pages long. And then also what we need to do is have the ability to amend legislation. You know, so when you see a bill and we're like, this is a terrible provision. And the whole point is the establishment's like, nope, take it or leave it. And so that was really nice, actually, that these guys held the line and said, no, no, no. We're going to demand you to do some reforms here. And no, no one likes to change things. You know, they, they prefer to no, know this. We want you to just, to, you know, go along to get along. I was happy that some of these reformers said, you know, something when people elect Republicans to Washington, they expect them to fight for good government. They expect them to fight to, to have, uh, you know, not they don't expect us to go to Washington just to vote on these trillion dollar bills and not have any amendments on them or anything like that so i think it was a very good process it was kind of uh unnerving and and unsettling because washington likes things that are very predictable and very easy and good for them but yeah this was good for the country i think so and honestly if you asked if you could get democrats to be honest and say isn't it a good thing actually honestly that we're going to have the ability to amend legislation on the house floor for the first time since like 2016 I think it's a good thing for sure. You know, I think it's I think it's kind of hilarious in the sense that you've got like the squad, for instance, who really fought against their peers in the Democrat Party in order to get their agendas uh, pushed forward. And yet the same members of the squad are were squawking at the Freedom Caucus for trying to push forward all of these votes in order to get get certain changes uh, right. you know, on the books. I just kind of laughed and like, are you kidding? I mean, it's good for thee, but not for me, you know, that kind of thing. Well, and, and actually Nancy Pelosi, when he when she went up for, uh, you know, reelection as speaker back a few years back, she didn't get a majority of the House members. There's a few Democrats that voted president and she still won, but she didn't get. Mm-hmm. You know, 218. So you got like 216 or something like that because some of those squad members, I think it was, they're like, they weren't, eh, they kind of held their nose. Um, so, it, you know, but what I find it hilarious because uh, I, I was watching it, it was like till one in the morning. I was getting so tired. And the Democratic leader, Hakeem Jeffries, he's the one that replaces Nancy Pelosi as the leader of the Democrats. He's not speaker, but he's the Democratic leader because they're the minority. And he got out there and he gave like a 30 minute campaign speech. And it was just obnoxious. And so then he finally gets done. Kevin McCarthy takes the speaker down a long last. It's like one in the morning, you know. And he says, he warns Hakeem. He goes, you know, two years ago, I got 100% of Republicans in my conference to vote for me. And then, you know, it took a 15th ballot this time. It was a little warning to the to the Democratic leader. You got every Democrat to vote for you this time. But, you know, with the shoes on the other foot, you be careful. Mm. It's, uh Things get a little crazy in Washington, you know. So, speaking of the speaker, what do you think about the rules changes? Uh, now we have uh, an opportunity where a single member could uh, put forward a motion to have him removed. 
I could see that as a good thing, but I can also see it as a bad thing. It could be a a, a weapon used to uh, to stall Congress. You know, where uh, they, if there's a bill, a particular bill that say the left does not want to see move forward, they could put up one motion after another after another just to kind of stall stall business and really harass the speaker and uh, the uh, the majority leadership. Yeah, I mean that's possible, but I mean you know the people who pushed for that rule change said this is what we this is the Jefferson rule. You know, Thomas Jefferson was the one who really said we should do this. Where just one person could say, hey, get out of here. We don't like it. Now, obviously, you still need a majority to remove a speaker. But that was a rule that was in place in the House for over 200 years. And Nancy Pelosi was the one that removed it. So this is just like returning to the historical norm. I think that's fine. Um, you know, there's different ways you can um, gum up work and slow things down in the House. And mm-hmm. if it gets out of hand, then I would imagine the majority would say, let's do another rule change and tighten this up a little bit. Because the House is a very majoritarian institution. So if you get 218 people in that House to say, okay, this isn't working, maybe we were a little too flexible, maybe we allowed too many amendments, then they would just say, we got to we gotta tighten this ship up a little bit. So mm. um, I, it's not like the Senate where it's you need that consensus, you need that 60 votes, it's harder. So you can whip things into shape. But it's tough. I mean, you have only 222 Republicans, 218 is the majority, that means – you lose like three, four guys, and you don't get a majority on that given thing. So don't be surprised if uh, the House of Representatives passes a few pieces of legislation or some amendments that you really can't stand because it's like, you know, it, it doesn't take you but a few, uh, you know, establishment or liberal Republicans to side with 200 and, yeah. you know, 12 Democrats I mean, it to get was, something bad passed. Right. So it was Republicans. That's, that's your warning. It was Josh Republicans that gave us the redefinition of marriage recently. So uh, thank you, Republicans, hey, of for, oh, for destroying the fabric of society. Really appreciate that. Hey, uh, let's so let's talk about investigations for a moment. Do you think that this Congress will move forward investigating some of the uh, the alleged criminal activity of Hunter Biden uh, and the Biden family? I mean, maybe, but the one I have to say, you know, like I, I want to be careful that I hope Republicans don't go down too far of a rabbit's hole on that one. The thing is, I, I've always said, this is my rule, like Benghazi, for example, a lot of Republicans are like, we've got him, Obama and, and Hillary, this is terrible. And the thing about scandals is that if they're complicated, uh, if the American people just go, I don't get it, and they move on. And that's why actually uh, in politics, sex scandals, I'm not trying to be gross here, but like they're very simple to explain. And that's why they, they kind of break through to, to the to the average American, but like if it's a simple corruption thing, like Hunter Biden got paid you know X million or X whatever, and he gave it to his da- dad. If you can prove it, then maybe you know as long as it's not too complicated. I, I wh- whether that's fair or not, I'm just telling you honestly. But the investigation that I'm looking forward to a little bit more though is in this rules package. They got a commitment from the House leadership that they're going to have a, what they call a church style committee, and that church actually refers to a congressman uh, from Idaho back in the 70s, Frank Church, who put these committees that investigated, the, you know, the intelligence agencies, the Justice Watergate Department, scandal, FBI, that kind of stuff. Yeah, in the week of Watergate. So uh, we're looking forward to it's now it's Republicans who are wanting to investigate these agencies. And they want to look at, yeah. you know, this violent stuff. You know, they were um, church was church was trying to hold the CIA accountable because they were spying domestically on Americans, right. which they're not allowed to do. That's illegal. And they were doing right. that. And so he's like, we need to have some accountability here. 
and he wants to see that that style of uh, oversight still exists, which uh, you know brings us to what about uh, committee uh, chairs that are being selected right now? Jim Jordan looks like he's going to be sitting in the seat that gets to oversee what government agencies are doing and not doing. Yeah, no, I'm very excited to see him as chairman of the House Judiciary Committee. Uh, it, it was like a position he was made for. He's going to be that kind of dogged prosecutor type who's just going to go after these guys. I'm very much looking forward to that. Uh, I mean, on other things like uh, House Armed Services Committee, that's the military kind of stuff. Dan Crenshaw, uh, he's the guy everyone sees on TV, and he looks really – he's got the patch over his eye because he lost it in the war. He looks very tough. Like, a, you know, he's just – but honestly, he's – He's super supportive of going to war just about everywhere. And I was happy, actually, to see that he lost Amen. his bid to be yeah. chairman. And, in fact, we got uh, a different uh, guy, Mark Green, who the Democrats had opposed to be in charge of the Department of Army back in the day because uh, they thought he was too conservative. Now he's the chairman of the Armed Services Committee. So, you know, this is this is looking like a good majority that I think might actually get some things done. But I, I, I've told people, you know, You've got a very slim majority, uh, like I said, only two twenty-two to two, you know, uh, thirteen or so. So don't expect a whole lot to get ha- at two twelve, I should say, with the vacancy. But uh, don't expect a lot. But uh, we're going to start to see hopefully some incremental reforms. And like you say, um, I think the big uh, the big news here will be watching these committee hearings, these investigations. Mm. Um, I hope that I, I hope investigating the, the church violence and the, yeah. and the violence against. Research centers will be issue number one for us, and I hope the new Congress will take it seriously. All right, make sure you're on the loop. You can sign up at CatholicVote.org, their daily email that keeps you informed. It's a really great uh, email I receive every single day. Go to CatholicVote.org. Joshua Mercer, God bless you. God love you. Thank you again. All right. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having us. Coming up after the break, if you can join us, we've got the game show plus 2023 resolutions. The After Show and much, much more. GRNonline.com forward slash CDT. Hi, listeners. Sean here. Join me in this short meditation on the birth of Jesus. From Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. And the angel said to them, Be not afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy which will come to all the people. For to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. On behalf of all of us here at the GRN in South and Central Texas, have a blessed Christmas celebration. May God bless you and Mary smile upon you. Amen. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. Have you ever heard people object to gold and gilded ornaments in a Catholic church? Have you ever heard them question the purpose of burning incense? How do we answer them? Simple. We answer them by pointing out the three gifts of the wise men at Christmas. If gold and incense can be brought to a stable, they can certainly be brought to a church. What do these three gifts mean? G.K. Chesterton says they represent three prophecies about the Christ child. Gold, that he should be crowned like a king. Frankincense, that he should be worshipped like a god. And myrrh, that he should be buried like a man. The first two are marvelous and obvious. The third is a wonder. Want more than a minute? Visit our website at chesterton.org. Hi, I'm Debbie Giorgiani. And I'm Adam Bly. 
We're the hosts of The Spirit World every Saturday morning on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Join us as we help answer your questions on angels, demons, and how the physical and spiritual worlds interact. That's The Spirit World from the Station of the Cross studios every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Are you on the CDT Insider email list? Hi, Joe McLean here. And every week I send you cool stuff straight to your inbox. Goodies that you're not going to want to miss. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT and get signed up today. Hi, my name is Presley. And Sarah. We are from St. Teresa Catholic School in Memorial Park, and you're listening to KSHJ AM 1430 Houston. We love our school because our teachers and classes are fun fun and cool. Christmas, by the way. It's the Christmas season. All to Candlemas and beyond. Actually, I don't think. To Elise Candlemas. Praise be to God. Hey, ah, coming up at 15 past the hour. We're going to play Fear and Trembling. So if you'd like to win prizes and possibly learn a few things along the way, have a good time doing it. Make sure you are the first caller when I give you the phone number. And uh, I will do that at 15 past the hour. So first caller gets to play the game. You can always find the phone number on the website at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. But you know what? You could win a brand new Mercedes. It's time. It's that time of year when the GRN comes to you and says, listen, we need... We need a win-win for both of us, okay? So here's the deal. You buy raffle tickets, and we get to continue our Catholic Radio postulate, keeping the doors open, the lights on, and Catholic Radio waves flowing in your neighborhood. But you could also win a brand-new Mercedes. So it's kind of a winner for everybody involved, praise be to God. And this year, it is a 2023 Mercedes CLA 250 in polar white. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, though. Uh, If I could win this car... I would probably want it in midnight blue. But we have to order this car, and it has to be shipped from Germany onto a boat to America and then into your driveway. David L. Gray personally drives the car to the airport. Is that right? Puts it in the hangar. It goes on a boat, not a plane, but okay. Awkward. Never That's mind. That's kind of awkward. That's he drives what he told to the shipyard. Me. Drives it That's to the shipyard. Drives it to the shipyard. shipyard. <laughs> now, the question is, does he, uh, does he test it on the Audubon first? Does he... There are, Naturally, you there have are, to make sure it works. There are stretches of unregulated speed on the Autobahn. Uh, it's a, it's not a true fact that the entire Autobahn is not regulated. There are only stretches of it. Mm. Some of it is regulated. So, But I wonder, just what would be the average speed on the Autobahn in a car like this? Hmm. At least 80. We should go to Germany and test that. <laughs> we should just... <laughs> the last time I was on the Autobahn, 130 mile an hour. My dad wasn't even in the far left lane. How many kilometers is that? Uh, 160, 150. I don't remember. Hmm. But uh, he was like white knuckling it the whole time. <laughs> we were on a Nissan Pulsar. It was 1989. It was a good time. Praise be to God. I think something would shake loose in my car if I went that fast. <laughs> Nonetheless, you could win a brand new Mercedes. Uh, you don't have to go 130 mile an hour either. Praise be to Jesus. But you can get your opportunity on the website at grnonline.com forward slash raffle or if you really want to be super cool, you want to be ubermensch, as they say in Deutschland, then you could call your local GM 
of your GRN radio station, the one that you're listening to, and you can say, listen, I need ca- I need some uh, raffle tickets. I'm going to get the $100 package, so you get five. You get an extra for free when you do the $100 deal. $25 apiece, though. Uh, but also, you could help your GM sell car raffle tickets at your church, your Bible study, your Axe group, wh- whatever. I mean, seriously, your friends and your family, your coworkers. I used to sell, when I was GM, I used to sell car raffle tickets at restaurants to complete strangers. I went to, one fascinating fact, don't tell anybody this, all right, but I once went to a Tohono Bar and sold car raffle tickets in the back of the Tohono Bar. Did you have those really long pointy boots? <laughs> I didn't. I was the only one who didn't have those. But uh, true story. And you could do that. Again, find the details to your local G- your G- general manager of your local GRN radio station at grnonline.com. Uh, you can find it there. Just go to grnonline.com. Or if you just want specific information about the car, the rules, and everything else, go to grnonline.com forward slash raffle. Raffle. All right. Praise be to God. Good luck. God bless. Thanks for supporting the GRN. Hey, here's a question. What do you think are the number one most requested, most, most, uh, what's the word, most uh, hmm, tried, attempted New Year's resolutions? What do you think they are? Okay. Weight loss. Number one, weight Mm -hmm. loss. Mm -hmm. You think so? Yeah. Number two, finding a new job. Oh, I see. Number Number three, Uh, let's see. What do people talk about? Mm-hmm. Uh, eating better. Um, my, Those are my top three. No, I'm going to also say, I'm going to throw in there um, mm-hmm. the better myself, just general. Like that. Like, <laughs> like, like that. Just like, like something like positive. Almost, almost worded exactly like yeah. that. Like, I just want to, I just want to work mm-hmm. on myself. Work something something like that. Like that's mm-hmm. a fascinating thought. Yeah. Uh, like so a I, car. I looked it up. Buy gym memberships. Buy gym memberships. You know, for when I first met my wife, um, she... She had a gin membership, so I'm like, well, I'm going to get one too then. So I, I paid like 30 bucks a month. And neither go And she went sometimes, and I never went. You know, the, I you think know, I went once. You know what's funny about that? So <laughs> 30 pl- bucks a that, month. That's the Planet Fitness model. They yeah. specifically they know. They're not charge dumb. only $10 a month. And then have their facilities so small yeah. because they want it to be low enough that mm-hmm. people sign up and don't are like, eh. eh. I, I'll go next month, and I'll just keep paying it because <laughs> it's low enough that they can yeah. just be like, eh. And though, if you go to the high end one, it's like eighty dollars a month. It, yeah. Obviously, oh, you're going to cancel it. I used yeah. to go to the gym with my good buddy Jordan. We we would go to the uh, the weightlifting section, and we oh, were yeah. getting pretty swole. And then <laughs> all swole? of a sudden, wow, he moved away. And it, Bummer. And he has not worked <laughs> out since. And then I canceled my gym membership. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Uh, well, all right, so here are the top. Let's see. Were we right? Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Like eight. Top eight. Not even ten. It's only eight. The top eight, Who top eight New Year's resolutions. Uh, this is coming to me from Statistia.com. The top eight most common New Year's resolutions among U.S. respondents. And they could choose more than one, but so it's broken down by percentage. Coming in at 19% chosen. 19%. To reduce spending on living expenses. That's a New Year's resolution. Is that one of your... You, are you going to plan on reducing your New Year's... Uh, your living expenses in 2023? No, actually, they went up. I can reduce them. <laughs> um, well, eat less, uh, which that's what I'm doing. One of the other resolutions, you could eat less. You could drive less. That I can't do. You def- like uh, you could not have a gym membership. This you, is true. You could this cancel Netflix because, no you know, they, they have horrible blasphemous content. Take caffeine pills instead of coffee. Disney could go away. What do caffeine pills cost? 
uh, it's like 13 cents a pill versus a dollar a day for a coffee. Come on. I how many milligrams? A dollar a day. How many yeah, mi- you do. <laughs> oh, man. How many milligrams in a pill? Uh, I think it's 200. Interesting. Okay, so already mm-hmm. that's two cups of coffee right there. Right, there so go. we're talking 26 cents we're at right now. Might as well go full dollar and get the enjoyment of the coffee is my... <laughs> I mean, I would just like feed the family less no, and enjoy the 13 coffee. 13 cents for one pill, which is 200 milligrams. <laughs> I'm teasing, I'm teasing. Don't tell my wife. There you go. All right, that's, uh, so that was 19%. Uh, tied at 19% is uh, the next resolution coming in at number seven, to reduce stress on the job. See, that's more more <laughs> akin to like what I was saying. Like, <laughs> How does someone have extraordinarily that as a exactly? That's what I'm saying. It's like so general. Like, like, I can I'm tell you why. Stress uh-huh. my work. Okay, so check it out. Yeah, I've discovered this for, for my own personal work. Okay. There, uh, for example, if I was working on a bookbinding project, yeah, and my tools were everywhere, mm-hmm. scattered all over my workbench, that would frustrate me. Some. And so um, I decided for myself, mm-hmm. I want to be less stressed. I'm going to put things in order. I'm going to keep them in order and that reduce stress. I think that's a wise, wise choice, a wise choice for a New Year's resolution. Yes. I don't know. But However, if, I, if we were to organize those tools, would you even know where they were at that point? Let me give yeah, you another I practical example. <laughs> though, that you're, the real thing that you're doing, though, is you're organizing your workplace. Because like, the word like, reduce stress is just so broad. Like, it could literally mean yeah. anything. Well, I there mean, you go. To reduce it's in practice. stress is... 19% of the uh, top New Year's resolutions on the job site. So I guess maybe just sit down and have a conversation with your boss. Yeah, um, we've been thinking we're going to need you to be less stressful. Yeah, that'd be great. I'm really going to need to take Saturday off. I'm going to need those <laughs> reports from you. <laughs> they're just going to be uh, they're just going to become stoics. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Coming in at number six, uh, at 20% now, so we're, we're starting to tick up here a little bit, uh, New Year's Eve resolutions to spend less time on social media. Okay. See, that's, that's very clear. <laughs> very obvious. Like, bring you can, it. Like, measure that. It's very yeah. obvious. You got to remove yourself from mm-hmm. the matrix, from the propaganda mm-hmm. that you see every mm-hmm. single day. One cannot live without social media, it's though. Clearly, uh, there is no world when you're not on social media. Doesn't That's exist. true. So I, I've I've actually proven that. I mean, what would you do without social media? Like you, mm. you won't, you wouldn't. Uh, yeah, you wouldn't create these fantastical things that right. you supposedly do every single day, and <laughs> you would just live your life. Food. You know? I wouldn't and, like uh, always share f- food pictures. The uh, the Instagram uh, on first. Yeah. So I mean, I'm all about it. Uh, we have to be on social media, so we are. But when I don't have to be, I don't like to be. I try not to be. When I don't have to be. Does that make sense? All right, coming in at number five, 37%. So we went from 20 to 37%. Ooh. That is a 17-point spread. That is that is big. That is ooge. Coming in at number five, to spend more time with friends and family. Nah, I'm not on this one. Sorry. Uh, maybe <laughs> if it was like, can I spend less time? Is it possible Yikes. to go the other way? That might be a good New Year's resolution for me. Does your wife know? <laughs> yeah, she probably does. She's like, he uh, hasn't been home a lot. Um, no, I'm always home. What's up with that? <laughs> That's not the problem. But uh, I found that interesting. So is that one of your, like, do you want to spend more time with friends and family? Have you? I don't know anybody who's actually ever said this to me. Absolutely not. Like, in 2023, I want to be with my friends and family more. I mean, well, I, I spend a lot of time with my friends and family. Mm-hmm. I would like to spend more time with my friends, but that's just not my vocation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Especially as a married guy. Yeah, exactly. Like, I got things to do. You got to be with your family. Yeah. All right.
Yeah, my wife's fine with me hanging out with my friends. <laughs> <laughs> but are your kids? That's the next question. My kids, uh, nah, mm-hmm. they, they get mm-hmm. a little upset, mm-hmm. but it's okay. <laughs> All right, coming in at number four, uh, top New Year's resolutions at 39%. So now two more t- uh, percentage points to save more money. How like, is that different duh. from the first one? And how is that not the f- yeah? How is that not the top one? I mean, well, the first save- one was to reduce living expenses. Are you saying to me that there are another twenty percent of people who are like, nah, I don't want to spend- save more money in twenty twenty three. I want to do something else. <laughs> But if you add that to mm-hmm. reduce expenditures, mm-hmm. then it's like the vast, it's like 60%. Stop, stop, stop. stop. Don't do it to it's yourself. It's like the same thing. Just don't do it to yourself. What just, are they doing? Just move on. I hate these categories. Stop dwelling in the, these categories. It's, it's the you, same thing. You're getting caught in the weeds. Right. To save more money is not the same as reduced living expenses. Then what are you doing with that extra money? Like you might sell your car and get a used car for cash. I could save more money. You might so uh, lose reducing expenditure. You might uh, get a job. You might get a raise, so you could put more money in savings. Okay. So there's okay. lots of ways that uh, don't change that'd be, that'd be living expenses. Maybe making more money. Mm, it's still saving more money. If you're guess. putting it into savings. I guess you might you might buy gold or silver. I don't know if that's hedge your hedge your inflation bet. I'm spending money. Uh, I don't know. I don't. Know. I have no idea. I'm not financial. If it said investing, I'm not a financial that'd be advisor. different. All right, coming in at number three. Uh, top New Year's resolutions among U.S. respondents, 18 to 89. I wonder if what the difference was between an 89-year-old and an 18-year-old in perspective. <laughs> Not much. Though. They're exactly the same. Uh, coming in at number three, at 40% now, lose weight. That's <laughs> it? 40%? I have a check that be more box. Than that. Check that box. Now, nobody said to gain weight. There are a lot of skinny people in the world. My brother was. Okay. So there are a lot of people who need to gain weight. Like, you know, uh, Leviticus 3.16, the fat belongs to the Lord. He's not looking for skinny goats, okay? He wants fat, plump sheep. So I'm just saying. I, my brother's uh, New Year's resolution mm-hmm. like a year ago was to gain weight. Yeah. And he well, did. And he did. Praise be to God to lose weight. I've, I've lost some weight. That's good. So, that, so what else can I do then if I've done already checked that box? Well, number two, at 50% to eat healthier. Why mm. these go together? Come on. <laughs> no, totally. Come on. Absolutely separate. What are you talking about? Uh. It's 100% not related to eat health. By the way, the best way to lose weight is not a gym membership. It is not to go jogging, you know, ride your bike, climb a mountain. It's fasting. It is, it is just changing your eating habit. If you eat less, you less calories means your body's going to burn more fat. If you go into ketosis while you're eating less, you're going to burn a lot of fat. If you do those things and you do some exercise, it's over. You're going to lose a ton. A ton. So eat healthier. There Here you go. go. All right, coming guess, in. The last one is number one, exactly the same. Number one. The number one. <laughs> New Year's re- New Year's resolution uh, for 2023 among 18 to 89 year olds to exercise more. Of course, <laughs> it's the same thing three times: <laughs> exercise more, eat healthier, and lose weight. Absolutely not related. 100 okay. percent independent. Okay, <laughs> that's the way it is. These guys. Guess statistics. Who wrote so. this? <laughs> Who wrote this study? <laughs> All right, coming up after the break, we're going to play Fear and Trembling. It's time to win prizes. You could win. It's a lot of fun. If you've never played, can I encourage you? Call right now. Phone lines are open, waiting for your call at eight seven 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 five seven ninety four twenty four. That is eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four. Eight seven seven. 757-9424. We'll be right back. Fear and Trembling is up next.
Dearly beloved, today our Savior is born. Let us rejoice. Sadness should have no place on the birthday of life. The fear of death has been swallowed up. Life brings us joy with the promise of eternal happiness. No one is shut out from this joy. All share the same reason for rejoicing. Our Lord, victor over sin and death, finding no man free from sin, came to free us all. This is Cecil Anderson, the North Texas assistant of the GRN, wishing you and your family a blessed Christmas season with a little help from my friend, St. Leo the Great. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. Since we are all children, we all associate Christmas with Christmas presents. G.K. Chesterton says that everything looks better when it's a gift. A gift is something we don't deserve. If we deserved it, it would not be a gift. And that's why the only possible response to a gift is gratitude. And that is why we hear in the Mass, as we will hear at Christ's Mass, we do well always and everywhere to give you thanks. Everything we have is a gift. And that is why Chesterton says, thanks is the highest form of thought. That's why the word Eucharist means thanksgiving. The best kind of giving, says Chesterton, is thanksgiving. Want more than a minute? Visit us at chesterton.org. Oh, come, let us adore him. Hi, this is Dave Palmer. Doesn't that perfectly describe our disposition during this Christmas season? We have the honor of being able to adore the Christ child at Christmas and adore him throughout the year in the Blessed Sacrament and receive him at Mass. And what a blessing also that we can tune in to the GRN anytime to keep our minds focused on our Lord Jesus Christ and his Holy Church. Merry Christmas and a blessed new year to you and your family. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling Catholic Trivia Game Show that has secrets and agendas that you can't tell anybody ever for under pain of excommunication. Don't fact check me. Just go with it. But there are a few things we like to do on the down low here, the QT, right behind closed doors and smoky rooms in Capitol Hill. <laughs> Number one, we look for teachable moments in the questions. And uh, you never know. You could learn something. Today, two things. There's two things you're going to learn today. Not the third. The third is a throwaway. But there's two things you're going to learn. It's a good time. Praise be to God. That's it. That's the second thing is we like to have a good time, a laugh, a chuckle, uh, a little, just a little bit of fun. And our callers are amazing. They laugh with us, and we appreciate that. And then, of course, we give out prizes, which means it's a winner for everybody because you could learn, you could laugh, and you could win. And someone will do all three this week. Praise be to Jesus. But the kicker is the secret sauce is we don't ask the caller. They don't need to know. They may not know a single correct answer, but could still get it all correct and win our prizes because instead of asking them, we will ask Rudy, we will ask Adrian, one of which will give us a correct answer. The other one will give us an incorrect answer. The caller will then have 15 seconds to make a decision. Whomst do they trust more, Rudy or Adrian? And the correct answer then goes into the coffee cup at Divine Providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? Oh, you mean this week's prize? 
Yeah, this week's prize. Because you, you already going shipped into, the last two weeks of going prizes. Going into this, this thing? That, the, is, the, that, is that the, the original? coffee cup of Divine Providence? Is that the original? This is the original. Oh. It turns out. The authentic. We do have a restock yeah. well, I, of these wonderful. I knew that they were going to be valuable, so I, I hid some. Um, I knew it. My own private personal stash that I am releasing at the vault, like the Disney vault. This is like the CDT vault. I've opened it, and I pulled some out. I'm and then you're going to close it in five years yeah. and open mm. it again in 20 years. Yeah. This week, we're giving mm. away a CDT prize pack, which includes mm. the coveted, mm. the rare, mm. the elusive. Mm. Some would say mm. the, I'm mm. running out of uh, descriptors <laughs> here, the coffee cup of divine providence Some would say. replica. Ooh. And it is formulated. It's a new formulation here. It's formulated to uh, mm-hmm. incre- it's it's going to increase the taste of your coffee really by eighty percent this it, time. Hair grows back. You get taller, skinnier, yeah. more athletic. Yeah, it's some sort of strange quality to wow. it. But the winner this week is going to receive a CDT prize pack with an autographed coffee mm. cup of Divine Providence replica. No more exfoliation needed. Your skin will glow, Ex- and your bones won't hurt anymore. <laughs> your lower back pain gone. Oh. Don't fact check any of that, by the way. All right, let's go to the phones. Praise be to God. Thank you, uh, Catholic Drive Time, for your generous yeah, gift. thanks a lot, Catholic uh, Giving us the prizes to give away to our audience. Good morning to you, Evan. Good morning. Praise be to God, Evan. Where are you calling from? Shirts, Texas. You know what's great about Shirts, Texas, Evan? What? You live in the shadow of Judson High School. <laughs> you know who the... 10th grade history student of the year, the greatest ever 10th grade st- history student of the year was at Judson High School back in Let like, guess. okay. You? What? Evan, <laughs> you're already a winner. You haven't even. Wow. How did he know? Mind blown. Has, has Joe ever said this before? No. First time ever. Wow. Yeah. wow. Evan, you are brilliant, sir. How was your Christmas, by the way? Good. Good? What'd you get? Anything, anything really cool? Like a Ford F-150 Raptor or an alligator? What'd you get? <laughs> I got uh, some robots. That's nice. robots. Uh, super cool. I like, like. Are they battery operated? I mean, do you like remote control these guys, or what are they? Are they yeah, going to take over the world? Control, battery operated. Neat. That's cool. Praise be to God. We got some robots for our son too. Well, Evan, uh, are you ready? Are you prepared for the three questions that we won't be asking you? Yeah. You're very confident, oh, Evan. Wow. All right, let's All right. start. He's ready. You should know. Rudy is not only not wearing a tie, his top button isn't even buttoned. Yeah, so the top collar button. He's gone full Miami Vice on us. Yeah, you know, well, I'm, I'm dressed for uh, Houston's summer weather uh-huh. uh, that is uh-huh. somehow in the middle of January. All right, but, Tubbs. Uh, anyway. Whatever you say, buddy. <laughs> Are you ready? I am ready. Are you sure? Yeah. Are you sure? Are you wearing socks? Uh, yes. You're wearing slippers with no I had socks, to remember. aren't you? I was like, do I have socks <laughs> Okay. All right. All right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, good. All right. Let's start with an easy one then. Uh, could you tell me, Rudy Carlos, who is the patron saint of farmers? Well, I have this great fantasy of being a homesteader, so I have a, a great devotion to this mm-hmm. saint that is uh, St. Charles Rankin. Really? Yeah. Huh. Saint, some would say Charlie Rankin? Some would say. <laughs> wow. He had a really cool hat. Woo! I can imagine. I think it's the kind of hat that you would wear. I would, for sure. If you work, The Wyoming buffalo-looking hat? Yeah. Oh, man. I got to yeah. get one. I told my wife the other day, I'm getting one of those. <laughs> She's like, I'll never talk to you again. 
All right, uh, let's just see what Adrian says. Adrian, I know that you have once uh, seen a farmer at a grocery store. Oh, yeah? Uh, could you tell me, who is the patron saint of farmers? Well, it is true. I have seen a farmer at a grocery store. Mm-hmm. See, I knew it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the answer to the question, though, uh-huh. is St. Isidore. Isidore? St. Isidore. Isidore. He is okay. patron mm-hmm. saint of farmers. All right. Evan, uh, I don't know if you are an expert in farming or patron saints, but uh, Adrian tells us that it is St. Isidore who is the patron saint of farmers, whereas Rudy is pretty sure that it's St. Charles Rankin. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Evan in Shirts, Texas. What say you? I'm going to say St. Isidore. Whoa. Evan. Evan you can't is, fool him. Is so amazing. You didn't even admit Adrian was correct, and you got it right. Oh, it was implied. Impressive. It was implied. Evan. Impressive. He knew. He knew what it meant. <laughs> oh, so good, Evan. Praise be to God. You are right. It is not Charlie Rankin from Yanasa YouTube channel, whom we've had on the show before, but somehow doesn't want to come back. Uh, St. Isidore is the correct answer. You're in, Evan. You could win. How do you feel? Good. Praise God. Very confident. I like that. Let's go with question number two. We're going to go to Adrian for this one. Adrian, I once read on your Twitter feed okay. that you have so many advanced degrees right. in relicology uh-huh. that you have you have forsaken all of them mm. out of a sense of great humility. Um, Provided mm. that, according to your tweet, mm-hmm. I acknowledge that you are advanced indeed. Mm. No, no, that's not true. I would. I, I'm not giving up any of my degrees. <laughs> My infinite amount of degrees. I see. Yeah. I see. Well, my, maybe you can I help me with this then. Uh, it's a misinformation. <laughs> what is Sorry. the term for the removal of the relics from one place to another? What do we call that? Well, as someone who identifies as having a PhD in removalology. Oh, uh-huh. my bad. Yes, I know. Mea I know. Culpa. With a minor in it relics. Was, <laughs> it was a. It was a few years. It was a few weeks ago. I. I, I did identify as having oh. a PhD in relicology. Okay. okay. But today it's a removalology. Mm, removalology. Yeah, people, people get confused. I get it. I, it's, certainly, I did. Yeah. Okay. Well, the answer mm-hmm. to the question mm-hmm. is the very word I just said. Which it's is removalology. Removalology. Yeah. Huh. Very, uh, very on the nose, I, know. Uh, I would say. Yeah. All right. Let's see what Rudy says. Rudy, could you tell me what is the term when we remove the relics from one place to another? What do we call that? That is what's known as translation. Really? Yeah. Translation. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Like transing something? Like move, <laughs> moving it? Transportation? So the root word. I'm looking at the root mm-hmm. word. Why are you laughing? Mm. Are you don't laugh. <laughs> yeah. It Translating a the relic. The root word. Yes. Trans. That I was like. All right. Evan, you got options. Is it translation when you move a relic from one place to the next, according to Rudy? Or is it removalology, as Adrian somehow wants us to believe? 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Evan, what say you? Rudy. Very confident. Notice... Notice he said Rudy's name, but refused to say Adrian's mm, name. I don't know about all that. Hmm. I don't know about all that. I would not play poker with Evan. I think he's tricky. He understands. He knows. He's smart. He's in tune. Yeah. He, he he gets the game. Praise be to God. Evan, you are right. Translation. Yes. Surprisingly Trans is, is the right answer. And lation meaning uh, to carry. So to carry a cross. There you go. To carry go. the cross. Very good. Translation. All right. Next one, Evan. In all seriousness, the hardest question we have asked in at least the last 48 hours. <laughs> Easy. 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 
We're gonna this is go easy money. Back to Rudy. Rudy, <laughs> are you ready? What is a collection of papal bulls or other papal documents called? I'm gonna refrain from saying it, but it's known as a bullarium. A bullarium? Bullarium. Bullarium. I like to say something else, but it's bullarium. Okay, thanks for not saying the other thing. <laughs> bullarium. Adrian, can you tell me what is a collection of papal bulls or other papal documents called? Yes, well, bullarium sounds on the nose. I'm going to go with, uh, it's called, in, in translated into English, mm-hmm. it's actually pronounced a mess. <laughs> oh, Yes. Is that your answer? Yes. That, uh, that's the, me- the English translation. The English transliteration. A mess. A mess. Uh-huh. Okay. All right, Evan, in Shirts, Texas, is it uh, a collection of papal bulls? Is that called a a mess, as Adrian says, or a bullarium, as Rudy would like us to believe? 15 seconds on the clock. Who was right? Who was wrong? Evan, what say you, sir? Rudy. Wow. Didn't even bad enough. <laughs> no hesitation. Bullarium is Evan. the correct answer. I'm pretty sure I'm right. So wise. Evan, you're a, it is also a mess. <laughs> right, uh, Evan, thanks for having a fun time with us today. Uh, on your way to school, are you? Yeah. And your favorite subject, it's got to be history, right? Uh, nah. It's probably science. Science? Ugh. Oh, I do not share your religious perspective there, Evan. History for the win, brother. God bless you, Evan. Thank you, and have a great day. I'm going to put you on hold. That's going to do it for the radio side of our show. Science was my worst subject in school. I literally got a C in chemistry. The only C I ever got in high school. Chemistry. Horrible. Hey, join us in the after show. I want to know what your New Year's resolutions are. Let's talk about it. We'll see you then. GRNonline.com forward slash CDT. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass, live from Our Lady of Corpus Christi, home of the Salt community. For more information, visit salt.net or ourladyofcorpuschristi.org. Today we celebrate the first Tuesday of the first week in Ordinary Time. This holy sacrifice of the Mass is being offered for all those listening in on the Guadalupe Radio Network, all of our online viewers, and the repose of the soul of Gio Oliver. Please join in singing our opening song, Holy, Holy, Holy. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, early in the morning our song shall rise to Thee. Holy, 
merciful and mighty God in three persons blessed Trinity in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit Amen the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all and with your spirit. Brothers and sisters, let us call to mind our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault, Therefore, I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. Attend to the pleas of your people with heavenly care, O Lord, we pray that they may see what must be done and gain strength to do what they have seen. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. A reading from the letter to the Hebrews. It was not to angels that God subjected the world to come, of which we are speaking. Instead, someone has testified somewhere, What is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you care for him? You made him for a little while lower than the angels. You crowned him with glory and honor, subjecting all things under his feet. In subjecting all things to him, he left nothing not subject to him. Yet at present we do not see all things subject to him, but we do see Jesus crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death. He who for a little while was made lower than the angels, that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. For it was fitting that he, for whom and through whom all things exist in bringing many children to glory, should make the leader to their salvation perfect through suffering. He who consecrates and those who are being consecrated all have one origin. Therefore, he is not ashamed to call them brothers, saying, I will proclaim your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will praise you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You have given your son rule over the works of your hands. You have, you have given, given your, your son, son rule over the, the works, works of, of your hands. hands. O Lord, our Lord, how gracious is your name over all the earth. What is man that you should be mindful of him, or the son of man that you should care for him? 
you have given your Son rule over the works of your hands. You have made him little less than the angels and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him rule over the works of your hands, putting all things under his feet. You have given your Son rule over the works of your hands. All sheep and oxen, yes, and the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, the fishes of the sea, and whatever swims the pathways of the seas. You have given your Son rule over the works of your hands. Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. Receive the word of God, not as the word of men, but as it truly is, the word of God. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus came to Capernaum with his followers, and on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and taught. The people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. In their synagogue was a man with an unclean spirit. He cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Jesus rebuked him and said, Quiet, come out of him. The unclean spirit convulsed him and with a loud cry came out of him. All were amazed and asked one another, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. His fame spread everywhere throughout the whole region of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. This morning's Liturgy of the Word, we hear all about the authority which has been given to Jesus. He has the authority to drive out demons. In the first reading, we heard that all things have been subject to him and to his authority. And in the responsorial psalm, we repeated, you have given your son rule over the works of your hands. In other words, Jesus has authority over everything on heaven and earth. When we think about the topic of authority, I suppose it's one of those ones we see with a mixed blessing sometimes. We human beings oftentimes like to have authority because it means we have a little bit of control and can direct traffic at least to a certain degree. And sometimes we don't like to feel the pinch of authority upon us telling us maybe what we need to do or where we ought to go. In general, when we think of authority, we can speak of two different kinds of authority. One is an institutional authority which has been handed to someone by someone else. As a priest, you have the authority to be able to preach at Mass because by virtue of your ordination that you can prove through your certificate of ordination, you are given authority by the Church to be able to preach a homily, of course in alignment with your local bishop as a part of his ministry. 
Another type of authority is a charismatic personal authority. That is whereby the person as an individual simply has something about them and qualities which make other people want to listen. I suppose Mother Teresa would be a perfect example of that. She may not have had a PhD in theology, she may not have had all sorts of degrees, but when Mother Teresa spoke, anybody anywhere would be willing and interested to listen to her because of her charismatic authority on account of how she lived her life. A great leader would really be one where these two would be blended together, an institutional authority with a personal charismatic authority. And in a way, perhaps that would surprise us, Jesus really has both of those perfectly. And I say surprising only because we don't think of the word institutional with Jesus. But all authority that Jesus has has been given over to him by his Father, and that is an absolute authority which can't be proven because there's no written certificate that the Father gives from a human institution, but rather it is an absolute one, and therefore every action that Jesus completes, every miracle that he performs, really is a sign that he truly has been given absolute authority over everything on earth by his Father. Of course, the ultimate claim of his authority given by his Father is going to be his resurrection from the dead, where he conquers even the reality of death in his resurrection and thereby shows that truly all things are subject to him. We human beings are subject to authority every day of our lives. We know we need to be careful how we drive our car to be subject to the laws and to the authority there. If we get pulled over by the police for speeding, we know that we should have to pay our ticket. If not, we're going to get into all sorts of trouble. We all have these different realms of authority that we are subject to. But most importantly today, we are invited to ask ourselves the question, whatever our state in life is, whoever we're subject to in one way and whoever we have authority over in another way, God has given us authority over our own free will. That is one thing that every single one of us has been given by God that we have authority over our own free will to say, what are the things that I am going to allow as inputs into my soul? What are the things that I'm going to value in life? What is the voice that I'm going to listen to in life? And today's liturgy reminds us that the only one we should truly be willing to completely subject ourselves to in every way in all things is Jesus Christ because he himself has authority over all things. In today's gospel and the driving out of the unclean spirit, we really see that kind of dynamic taking place. The unclean spirit is driven out so that there can be room for God placed in the soul of this man who has been overtaken by a vicious spirit. Perhaps in our life too, we have allowed other things to enter into our heart, whether they be a spirit of worldliness, a spirit of bitterness, a spirit of jealousy or resentment or whatever it may be. And Jesus is inviting us that he wants to come to drive those things out so that we can be completely subject to him and not merely to the things of this world or even to our own emotions and challenges. And so my brothers and sisters, as we go forward today, let us move forward in complete confidence knowing that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ 
truly has authority over all things and let us invite him over and into our hearts that he would truly be the one who is ruling our lives and that we would be completely subject to him in every way. Amen. To God the Father Almighty, dear brothers and sisters, may every prayer of our heart be directed. For his will it is that all humanity should be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. For the Holy Church of God, that the Lord may graciously watch over her and care for her. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For the peoples of all the world, that the Lord may graciously preserve harmony among them. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For all who are oppressed by any kind of need, that the Lord may graciously grant them relief. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For ourselves and our own community, that the Lord may graciously receive us as a sacrifice acceptable to himself. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. O God, our refuge and our strength, hear the prayers of your church. For you yourself are the source of all devotion and grant, we pray, that what we ask in faith we may truly obtain through Christ our Lord. Amen. Please join in singing, Be Thou My Vision. Be Thou My Vision, O Lord of my heart. All else be not to me, save that Thou art. Thou my best thought, by day or by night. Waking or sleeping, Thy presence my light. Be Thou my wisdom, and Thou my true word. I ever with Thee, and Thou with me, Lord. Thou my great Father, Thine own may I be. Thou in me dwelling, and I one with Thee. Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. May your people's oblation, O Lord, find favor with you, we pray that it may restore them to holiness and obtain what they devoutly entreat through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, 
Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, for in goodness you created man, and when he was justly condemned, in mercy you redeemed him through Christ our Lord. Through him the angels praise your majesty, dominions adore, and powers tremble before you. Heaven and the virtues of heaven and the blessed seraphim worship together with exaltation. May our voices, we pray, join with theirs in humble praise as we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Pleni sunt celi et terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, Qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and, giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice and, once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. We proclaim your death, O Lord and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that, partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world, and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember your servant, Gino, whom you have called from this world to yourself. Grant that he who was united with your son in a death like his may also be one with him in his resurrection. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection, and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the Blessed Apostles and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, 
we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. At the Savior's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. On you stay, qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. On you stay, Quitolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. On you stay, Quitolis peccata mundi, dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. For those who cannot receive sacramental Holy Communion at this time, we pray the act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. 
Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. O Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldst come to me, but speak the word of comfort, my spirit healed shall be, and humbly I'll receive thee, the bridegroom of my soul, no more by sin to grieve thee, or fly thy sweet control, eternal Holy Spirit, unworthy though I be, prepare me to receive thee, and trust the word to me. Prepare me to receive thee, and trust the word to me. Let us pray. Humbly we ask you, Almighty God, be graciously pleased to grant that those you renew with your sacraments may also serve with lives pleasing to you through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join in singing, Praise my soul, the King of heaven. Praise my soul, the King of heaven, to his feet thy tribute bring, ransom healed, restored, forgiven, evermore his praises sing. King. Praise him for his grace and favor to his people in distress. The Prayer to St. Michael St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. 
Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg Thee through the intercession and help of the Archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one, from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. All Catholic, all the time. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Hi, my name is John Henry from St. John Vianney, California.